She had beat on his door and he opened it. He let her in, told her to sit down and said, I'm calling the police, which he did. Shannon told him that someone was after her and trying to kill her. But once the cops are on the phone, she fucking dips and just runs out his front door. Okay, that's weird. Well, the whole phone call has been kind of weird. Did they drug her somehow? Well, there was a really sweet headline later that said something along the lines of dead hooker's body found no drugs in autopsy. Fuck. Yep. Not woman, daughter, dead hooker. 2010. That is so fucked up. It's fucked up. So fucked up. It is just so damn fucked up. That's fucked up. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to That's So Fucked Up, the podcast, a podcast about cults, murder, and other generally fucked up stuff. We are your hosts. I'm Ashley Love Richards. And I'm Allie Swift. Nice. I threw a middle name in today because... It's adorable. I'm thinking about a rebrand. I've discussed this on the show before. There are a lot of Ashley Richards. Is not that many Ashley Love Richardses, though. Mm-hmm. And it's like love and cults and murder just go together, man. It's also the coolest middle name. Like, you're pretty lucky. Mine's Ellen. <laughs> Thanks, mom, grandma, great grandma. I'm like the eighth. Oh, my gosh. I'm around the eighth Love Richards. Stop. My dad is named James Love Richards and all the dudes before him, my grandpa, etc. That's cool. I like it. And then I became the first and only female Love Richards and sadly, I'll probably be the last. But that's okay. I mean, God, what a legacy to end on. You're welcome, dad and grandpa. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize I was like the eighth generation of Ellen's and neither of my kids are Ellen. Shit. I'm not a, I'm not a super fan. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Ellen DeGeneres kind of ruined it for me. Dude, I thought she was so cool back in the day before I heard that she was all mean to everybody. Well, I told you about my story about being approached by the Ellen show, right? <gasps> oh my God, you did, but you have to tell the fucking listeners. So um, I, I kind of mentioned on one of my first episodes, my daughter and I did a bunch of images that went completely viral of photo recreations over lockdown. Oh my God, they're so cool. Actually, hold on. Do we have a link to the bank with those photos or whatever? Not yet, but we will. Send that to me. That needs to be available to the public. Yeah. Because you guys, I've seen these pictures and they're dope as hell. They're super freaking cool. And the thing is, we did them all with just stuff we had around the house. So there's an image of like my daughter as Bruce Will in Die Hard and we made a little lighter out of like tinfoil and an eraser. Anyway, we were on a Canadian TV show and then we were approached by the Ellen show and I totally did not even believe that it was actually Ellen. I think that when the producer called, she's like, hi, it's Bailey from the Ellen show. And I think my response was, fuck off. <laughs> like I did not believe it. Anyway, so she was like, yeah, do you have time for an interview? We're really interested in your story. But it was very clear right away. They wanted like sort of emotion porn. They wanted like a sad story. So they were like, are you like destitute? Are you going to lose your house? Are you like in financial ruin? And I was like, well, I'm like Canadian and we get Serbs. So we were getting some money and I kind of pivoted my brand of photography to do more product photography. So I was still kind of working a little bit and they were like, oh, okay, we'll let you know. But I knew, I knew 
that if I said like, oh my God, we're so poor, we can't eat, they would have been like, here's your $10,000 Shutterfly check or whatever it is. Because that'll help you eat. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, like so many people, when I told the story, they're like, why didn't you just lie? And I was like, because I totally fucking believe in karma. And I know if I would have said like, we're so poor, I would have like manifested that shit. You would have lost your house the next day or something. Well, like, I'm like, no, we're doing great. And we never heard from them again. That's so TV icky. They wanted a sad story. It's called emotion porn. <gasps> oh my God, I've never heard of that. Yeah, when they want to like use a sad story to sell tears and make you watch their show. Ew. It's like there's guys on like YouTube and stuff that go up to like homeless people and ask them for money. And if the homeless person gives them money or someone who doesn't look like they have much money and then they do, they give them a thousand dollars and everyone cries. And like, yeah, I totally get sucked into that too. But it's manipulative. Yeah, it's manipulative and it's sensationalizing. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, that's what Ellen wanted to do with us. And we did not have the right narrative. Therefore, we did not get the money. Well, they want to look so amazing because here they are doing this amazing thing for this family who really needs it. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. Everyone can use money at some point. Right. You know, things were very tight. Yeah. But we were okay. You weren't destitute. No. Well, that's not good enough, Allie. Yeah. Okay. Woof, my friends. Today, we have quite the story. So go over to tsfuthepodcast.com. Click on play with us. There you can go to bingo and select murder bingo because I've got a doozy for you today. And also, when you click play with us, you'll see an option for Discord. Click that too and go join our Discord because it's amazing. We have, I think, about 235 people in there. We have 135 patrons. 70 of them are in the Discord, in the Patreon exclusive channel. We hang out. That's half of our Patreon members. It's so cool. Okay. So someone was saying, a friend of mine was saying they were listening to the podcast and they said, what's Patreon? They didn't know what Patreon was because we have to remember like in our little bubble, things were like, of course, you know what that is. Oh. Do you want to explain what Patreon is for people who might not know? Allie, I feel like this feels really scripted, but it's totally not. It's so <laughs> No, someone was like, what the fuck is Patreon? And I was like, um, you like you help support us and help support the podcast and therefore you get free shit. OK, I think I can do a better sell. Yes, <laughs> please do. <laughs> so um, let me tell you guys what Patreon is, because, OK, no, that's right. We do live in our podcast bubble. And to us, that's super, super obvious. It's like, duh. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Not to everybody. If you do go to patreon.com slash TSFU, you'll be able to find out what it's all about real quick. But let me tell you, there are different levels that you can support us at and you pay on a monthly basis. Or if you pay for the whole year, you get 15% off, my friends. That means if you sign up at the $5 level for an entire year, it's $51. And for that $51 for an entire year, you get a thank you card and stickers, a That's So Fucked Up keychain, 14 ad-free episodes a month. There's already 13 episodes on the feed, but you also get the Patreon-exclusive Fucked Up Sunday School episodes where me and our researcher, editor, friend of the podcast, and now co-host of the segment, Ryan Pregen, who is white male from the East Coast who grew up Catholic. And then we have our other co-host, Crystal Adams, who's this fucking amazing comedian and producer of The Circle on Netflix. And I literally don't know what she's doing hanging out with us because <laughs> she's big potatoes. That sounded like I said baked potatoes. She's big potatoes. <laughs> 
and she's awesome. She's so funny. And she is a black female who grew up on the West Coast in Christianity. So they bring some pretty different perspectives to the table. Mm-hmm. And then there's me in the middle who knows nothing and is like, I'm sorry, excuse me, hold the phone back up. <laughs> Tell me everything. Yeah, I'm sorry. What? So you get that. Also, our episodes that Allie and I do, just the regular episodes that come out on Fucked Up Fridays, you get them on Two for Tuesdays instead, because on Patreon on Tuesdays, you get the TSFU Presents episodes that everybody gets on Tuesdays, but you also get that week's Friday episode. So Tuesdays on the Patreon are popping. Yes. You also get 10% off of merch, shout out on an episode, and we have a monthly true crime book and or documentary club. We go back and forth. And essentially, that just means once a month we hang out on Zoom on Sunday for an hour. So it's really, really fun. Like I said, for a whole year for 50 bucks, you get all of that. And then if you join at the $10 level, you get all of that plus 15% off merch instead of 10. And our TSFU, the podcast tote bag, great for the beach, grocery stores, wherever. It's fucking adorbs. It's so cute. We will have pictures up soon. Maybe at this point even because right now we are back to the past. Yeah, you guys live in the future. You're listening in the future. Um, So we don't even know what's happening in space or time. What even is that? Is it illusion? Is it real? Have the robots taken over yet? Probably at this point. Yeah. I'm super nice to AI. Always very polite. <laughs> so that is what Patreon is. Patreon.com slash TSFU. It's funny because if you think something's scripted and I'm speaking pretty eloquently, that means it's not scripted because when something's scripted, I stumble over every word. Yeah, it's like, um, and what is Patreon? And, and then you're like, full body heat. <laughs> wink, wink. You know what I'm saying? No. You don't? No. Slime monkey? They do the scripted, non-scripted style? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, I'm not going to say any more except for you guys just like look on Reddit if you listen, okay? Because like if you know, you know. If you don't, that's fine. But if you do, look on Reddit and just like know what is up because like it might change your mind about what podcasts you listen to and support by subscribing and patronizing and <laughs> patron. <laughs> don't patronize us. Patreonize us. So that, my friends, is what Patreon is. Do you feel like you get it, Ellie? Yeah, I do. And like even when we first started, I didn't totally understand what Patreon was. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. What can I say except you're You're welcome? welcome. Y'all, I don't have kids. I'm not gonna lie. You know this. That's a banging soundtrack, though. (laughs) Moana. There's some jams on there. Um, my partner's obsessed with Fast and the Furious and he hates it because I do like a Dominic Toretto and I go, Moana means family, which is taking like the Godfather, Lilo and Stitch. He drives him insane. He gets so angry. Who says that? No, I, I just put all these movies together. Oh, you make that up. Yeah. And he gets so <laughs> mad at me because Dominic Toretto and Fast and Furious says like family, it's all about family. And so I mush it together. I think I've seen maybe one Fast and Furious movie out of what, like 32? If you've seen one, you've seen them all. There's like 25 of them. There's 10. 10 and 10 part one just came out and 10 part two is coming out. Why not just 11 and 12? Are you fucking kidding me? Good question. I hate the world sometimes. (laughs) They're all the same. He was getting mad because I was laughing throughout it. He's like, this is serious stuff. This is, shut up, Allie. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah. Like there's one time where they somehow drive a car 
into space. Stop it. And then they're No, stop it. No, it's like no, it's like they have beyond jumped the shark. They have jumped the shark into space. You know the term jump the shark, right? No. Oh, it's it's from like the scene from Happy Days where Fonzie is like, I think it's on a surfboard and he jumps over a shark and that's like jumping the shark is when you've like hit the peak and it's so it's all downhill from there. <laughs> Sunday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. Saturday, what a day. Grooving through the week with you. Yeah. I love it. These days are all. <laughs> these days are all happy days. <laughs> you lost it there at the end a little bit. Hey, I'm the Fonz, right? Hey, yep. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that sounds really scary to jump over a shark on your surfboard. Was it a motorcycle? I don't know what it was, but anyway, he jumped over a shark. So what are we talking about today, Ashley? <laughs> today, we're going to be talking about the mysterious death of Shannon Gilbert. I'm so bad with names. I, I don't think I know this, but... You have no idea what I'm talking about. <sighs> no, but I could. I could because I don't remember names. So we'll see. We'll get into it. On May 1st, 2010... Shannon Gilbert was working as this kind of gives me a little throwback to the days of Cam and I. I covered the Fall River satanic cult murders. And I, I said that she that this girl was working as a, um, a freelance sex worker. <laughs> as opposed to corporate. <laughs> she was like, what? So actually, um, Keisha, who did some great, what is it? Research. Research. Keisha, who did some great research on this episode, worded it better. So thank you for that, Keisha. Independent escort. Oh, there we go. I said, okay, yes, we are We're feeling that term a little bit better. So Shannon Gilbert was working as an independent escort in the area of Oak Beach, Long Island when she went missing. So Oak Beach is an upscale gated neighborhood located in the southern shore of Long Island near the end of Jones Beach Island. It's an isolated, quiet community surrounded by dense foliage and marshland. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. She was accompanied by her driver, Michael Pack, who also doubled as her security, as obviously, you know, sex work is pretty fucking dangerous. Mm -hmm. She had gotten in some legal trouble while she was doing sex work in Jersey City. So she was working out of Manhattan. And on this night, May 1st, 2010, they got a request from Joseph Brewer to go to Oak Island, which was about 60 miles from Manhattan around midnight. She took the request and they hadn't met this man before. They weren't familiar with the area. So she charged him extra. But obviously sounds still kind of sketch. But I don't know. For some reason, would you feel safer in like a really upscale neighborhood? Because I almost feel like I wouldn't. Like, is there lots of space between the houses or is it very like dense population? Because I'd feel safer dense population rather than an estate in the middle of nowhere. Oak Beach is an upscale gated neighborhood. So it's a gated neighborhood, but I assume it's pretty rich. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's a beach neighborhood on the East Coast. That's going to fucking run you some money. We know those motherfuckers hunt people for sport. We don't trust the rich. Dude, do not get me started on that kind of shit. <laughs> oh, God. I've unleashed the Kraken. Whoa, that is a hole we do not have time for today. That's what she said. <laughs> 
So her guard slash driver, Michael Pack, waited in the car while Shannon was inside the house. Shannon called her boyfriend, Alex Diaz, around 1 a.m. around the time that she arrived at Joseph Brewer's home. She called Alex to let him know that she was out on a call that was on Long Island and that he should expect her home in the early morning. 1 a.m. That is too late for anything. God, I'm tired just thinking about that. Oh, and to be starting something? Yeah. No, I am halfway through my night of sleeping at that point. Nothing good happens that late. No, nothing good happens after midnight. I really think that. I really do. At some point during the early morning hours, Shannon became terrified for her life and called 911. The call was placed just after 4 a.m. from her cell phone and lasted approximately 23 minutes. Oh my God. Yeah. So long call. Okay, so I'm going to basically read you the transcript, but it won't take 23 minutes. So chill out. Okay. Setting the timer now. The 911 operator answers and repeatedly says, hello, hello, and asks if Shannon needs help. She's speaking very low and you can also hear a man's voice in the background. And the operator is having a really difficult time understanding Shannon and repeatedly is asking her where she is and if she needs the police. And she also asks who is there with her. Shannon says someone is after me, but the operator thinks she said someone is harassing me. Shannon then spoke a little louder and said, someone is after me. This is when you hear a man's voice clearly saying, we're trying to help you. Hmm. In the recording, it's unclear why Shannon is talking so low, but I would think maybe, you know. She doesn't want them to hear that she's on the phone. But like they fucking can see her. Right. They know she is, but maybe she was trying to have it be so they couldn't hear what she was saying. But she doesn't sound frantic at this point. Okay. She is saying, someone is after me, but she's not like freaking out. And it's clear that the people around her are in fact aware of the fact that she's on the phone with the cops. The 911 operator finally is able to get Shannon to share her location, which she identifies as Jones Beach. And the operator says, you're at Jones Beach. And Shannon says, by Jones Beach. Oh. The operator then decides to transfer Shannon to the state police line, probably because Jones Beach is a state park. Shannon was not at Jones Beach when she made this 911 call. But like I said earlier, she was at Oak Beach. Oh. So while the call is being transferred, you can hear Shannon saying why several times. But it's unclear if she's questioning the 911 operator or the man in the background. The 911 operator tells her she needs to speak louder while the phone is ringing for the state police. And Shannon is still saying why. Right. But a little louder these times. Yeah. The state police line picks up and another female operator comes on the line and identifies her as Trooper Fry. Shannon says, there's somebody after me, to which Trooper Fry asks her to clarify. And she again says, there's somebody after me. Fry then asks where she is. And she repeats again, there's somebody after me. So Fry asks again where Shannon is located. And there's just silence on the line. Oh, I'm getting major anxiety. Oh, yeah. Just you fucking wait. Oh, 
Shannon says she doesn't know where she is. And the operator asks if she's driving. And she says that no, she's inside the house. Then she asks Fry if she can't just trace where she's calling from. And they ask for a callback number. And Shannon says, huh? Someone is after me. Please. Jesus fucking Christ. So they can't track her cell phone. It's before that technology? I guess not. I mean, it's 2010. It's weird because it doesn't feel that long ago, but a lot has changed since 2010, which we'll see with some of these fucking newspaper headlines. Yeah. Fry then asked Shannon if she is in Suffolk County or Nassau County, and Shannon says she's on Long Island. You can then hear men talking to Shannon, but can't tell what they're saying. Shannon responds, no. The men's voices continue, and Shannon can be heard saying, no, stop, no. Shannon is raising her voice some, but these are not blood-curdling, I'm scared for my life screams. Can I just guesstimate that maybe she's trying not to break out too much because she knows if she does, it'll escalate the situation quicker? Definitely seems like it would make sense, right? Yeah, because if she starts screaming, oh my God, oh my God, they might grab her and take the phone away. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So Fry continues asking where she is in Long Island, but Shannon is speaking to the men in the background. And on that note, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Everybody take a deep breath. I'm I'm stressing out, Ashley. My heart's... Yeah, I know. Just breathe because here we go. Men are inaudible, but Shannon is clearly asking why several times and then says, why are you calling me by my name? Why? Then the man says, time to go. Go that way, please. Come on, go outside. And Shannon is saying, please, no. And continues asking why. Fry asks, County, are you on the line? To see if the other dispatcher was still on the line and was also hearing what was going on over this fucking insane phone call. No one responds. So I'm assuming it's only Trooper Fry on the line at this point, which would be fucking wild to just be like, yeah, I'm just going to hand this over to somebody else and continue on with my fucking night. So I don't know if the other person, if the other operator was on the line, but they didn't respond. So Shannon and the men continue arguing in the background. She again asks why he is calling her by her name. And this is when she begins to get a lot more frantic. Oh, no. She starts saying please and no over and over again. And you can tell there is a lot more physical movement going on at this point by the static and rustling that you hear. Like her cell phone is being rubbed up against something in a physical struggle or put into her pocket or something. Right. Should I have given a trigger warning? It's a fucking murder podcast. You're fine. Okay. I think she thought when she called 911, she'd be safe. Well, of course. So would I. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm on the phone with 911. So. Yeah. No. And it's they're just listening to this happen. Mm -hmm. But I guess they can't figure out where she is. I don't know. I think if this is starting to get intense for you, maybe fast forward a couple minutes. Then she says, please stop it now. What are you going to do to me? Over and over again, men are talking, but still inaudible. This continues. Then Fry is talking to someone about the situation in the background. Shannon asks, are you going to kill me? A man laughs and says something that we can't hear. And she's like, why are you going to kill me? And you can hear the man saying, let's go back to Manhattan. We're on Long Island and we're not near the water. Shannon keeps saying, I didn't do anything. And why? 
the men are answering, but you can't understand them. She says, why Mike? <gasps> who, if you remember, is her bodyguard and driver, Michael Pack. Oh. She says, why Mike? I never did. I'm never going to do something. We don't know. Again, Mike, please. She continues begging with who we presume is Michael Pack. Trooper Fry is trying to figure out where she is, and she's still relaying the situation to someone else. The man continues speaking to Shannon, and Shannon is asking why again. Then she says that she was lying and keeps saying why. It's just so much of the conversation is why, why? Did you listen to it or did you just read the transcripts? I just read it. Yeah. On um, an episode of Disappeared that I watched, they played just the screaming. Mm. And no, mm -mm, I'm okay. I listened to the Toy Box Killers whole spiel. <gasps> no. Woof, dude. Yeah. I just read some of it on the episode, David Parker Ray. Yeah. I just read, did not play, but read some of it and not even the gnarliest stuff. And it was so fucking disturbing. Ugh. Ugh. Do you know that one? Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That one, if you hear it, it sticks with you. I don't know how it couldn't. You can hear Fry telling a colleague, quote, you can try talking to her, but she doesn't have the phone. Shannon says, please get me out of here. You're being sarcastic, sarcastic about this. You were a part of this all along. Mike says, I told you. And then she says, Mike, please, I'm begging you. He says, what do you want me to do? She says, I just want to go home. Wait, what's going on? She says something's going to happen to her. And then Mike can be heard saying that no one is outside. Shannon finally begins responding to Fry again and answers a few more questions. Like, what's your name? Twice, she tells him. Fry asks where she is located. And Shannon says, I'm on Long Island. Fry asks what happened. She says, there are people trying to kill me. And then you hear a man saying, I'm trying to help you. And then Fry repeatedly asks, what's your address? She doesn't know the fucking address. How about who is with you? Can you give me any details? Do you see anything around? Yeah, do you see a street name? Who are the men you're talking to? What are their names? Like, what's your address? What's your address? She doesn't fucking know. She would have told you that. Oh my God. Honestly. No, seriously. Shannon then begins saying, no, no, Mike, stop. Fry says, where are you? <gasps> She's on Log Island, yeah. bro. She doesn't know more than that. Like you said, Shannon again says, Mike, Mike, stop. Shannon is muttering to Mike in the background about the address. Then she says, Mike, stop it. You guys are hiding something. Stop it. Mike, stop it. Then you can hear a lot of feedback on the phone. Shannon begins yelling. Fry is screaming into the phone. Where are you on Long Island? Shannon responds, I don't know. They're going to kill me. Yeah. Fry asks about whose house she's at and who Mike is. Finally. Remember, I told you this is a 23 minute call. Oh, my God. Then she starts asking Shannon how old she is and what Mike's last name is repeatedly. But Shannon stops responding again. So she says, Shannon, Shannon, Shannon. And you can hear male voices that sound far away from the phone. The mic on the cell phone is possibly covered. Fry keeps asking what town she's in and what Mike's last name is. Shannon says, they're going to kill me. Then Shannon is whispering inaudible things. 
I can't even say this out loud, but Trooper um, is, again, basically begging Shannon to tell her where she is when Shannon is begging her to understand that she does not fucking know. Just send a bunch of fucking troopers out to Long Island and like, I, how big is that place? I don't know. It can't be that fucking big. I keep thinking, even then you could track the cell phone. How come they can't track the cell phone? In 2010? Yeah. I mean, they've been able to ping towers and stuff for way longer than that. But I mean, I guess not. Shannon then begins screaming and it sounds like she's saying stop. She screams out twice and then there's silence. Huh. And you can hear Fry discussing the situation with her colleagues again, trying to figure out how to find Shannon. Tony, what's up? She picked this episode. Yeah. <laughs> how big is it? I think it's pretty big. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you guys, I've never been further east than Colorado, and that's not my fault. The population of Long Island is 7.6 million people. So that's a lot. That is a lot. That's quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Well, I was like, you know, it's an island, right? The population of Colorado is 5 million. So 5.8 million. Oh. So there's a larger population density on Long Island. And it's an island, correct? Yeah. They don't just call it that for fun? No, it is, but it's it's a big ass island. It's probably similar to, well, I don't know. It's probably not as big as Vancouver Island, but like. Wowza. Oh, is Vancouver Island big? Yeah. To get from one end to the other driving. Okay. So see, this is how in Canada, we quantify everything by how many hours it takes you or how long it takes you. I don't know how many fucking kilometers it is, but I know it's probably from one tip all the way to the other tip. It would take you about six hours to drive seven hours you, you, <laughs> you you're like it's seven hours long yeah literally <laughs> it's seven hours big like i'm like if you got in the car and you had to drive it'd take you like seven hours okay so yeah no that's fucking big okay yeah whatever you guys don't geography shame me that's mean so it's big they couldn't just yell like shannon shit they couldn't just like walk around the neighborhood no i guess not all right and there's like a lot of mics, yeah. not like microphones, like Michael packs, you know, or Michael's is what I mean. Was was he a white man? No, I believe he was Asian. Ah, the one square I thought I had. Okay. Don't worry. There's some white men coming up. Okay, perfect. Isn't there always? Come on. Like I said, Shannon screams loudly and fucking, I'm guessing, screaming. It's pretty intense. She screams out twice and then there is silence. But she's okay though, right? Totally. That's why I have murder bingo pulled up. It sounds like you can hear birds chirping in the background and Fry saying, hello, Shannon, but with no response. Then it sounds like you can hear Shannon running and breathing, maybe footsteps. And then she yells like, ah! Like that kind of scream. Yeah, yeah. Then you can hear her knocking on doors. Oh. So Fry wonders aloud if Shannon maybe has her phone in her pocket. Then you can hear more knocking on doors, frantic banging. Someone answers. You can't understand what they're saying, but it does sound like Shannon is telling a man that someone is after her. And this is where the phone call ends. And on that note, fuck, we're going to take a quick commercial break because that was a lot to take in. Ooh, my heart is a pounding. Woof, I know.
I feel like this is one of the stories I normally tell you. No, I know. <laughs> it was just you were getting all of the really hardcore stuff. And I was like, I can't yeah. keep doing that to Allie. Yeah. I got to take a murder on. Yeah. And then it seems like whenever I do, it's like the Chicago Ripper crew yeah. or something <laughs> just like really fucking intense. <laughs> but it's all, it's okay. We'll crack on yep. as Alex, apostate Alex from Ash and Alex do Scientology would say. What up, my British homies? If you have not seen or heard apostate Alex, listen to Ash and Alex do Scientology or go check out his channel on YouTube, apostate Alex. At some point, we're going to be doing a dating game show for Alex. He's open to international, but we are looking for you, London ladies. <laughs> I'm not even joking. It's going to be so fun. That sounds fun. You know, slide into my DMs if you hear this and you are like, yeah, I'm about that. Let me know. <laughs> I mean, how could you guys not be? He's adorable. It's so smart and funny. Come on, get after it. Do you remember the scene from Love Actually where the guy's like, I'm going to go to America because I have a cute British accent. And the other English guy's like, you don't have a cute British accent. And he's like, yes, I do. Because all the American women want the cute British accent. I've only seen that once. Stop. I know. And it's supposed to be a Christmas movie, right? Yes, every Christmas. And Christmas is my favorite season of the entire year. I try to make it last a quarter of the year. <gasps> you too? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Do you want to spend Christmas together this year? In Hawaii? Yes. <laughs> Oh, because I do actually have children. They'd have to come. Why are you laughing? I don't know. They're not gross, right? What? You could bring them. Oh, yeah, I guess I could. But they're expensive. Then you have to buy them flights and food and shit. Oh, my God. And they eat so much food. Never ending. What is that? Yeah. No, that would piss me off. I'd be like, you're on a diet, <laughs> even though... Oh my God. You're beautiful, but I can't afford to keep shoveling food into your teenage mouth. Jesus. Uh, yeah, I, literally. And then now they're at the point where I'm like, I'm going to get a coffee from Starbucks. They're like, um, can I get something too? I want one too. <laughs> I want a $2.85 just drip coffee or however much it is. And they're like, um, can I get a venti, a size, strawberry, splendid, blah, blah, $7 later. And then there's two of them. There's two of them. Yeah, double the fun. It's so funny. I've thought about this so much because I've worked in the service industry for so long. I would see people order their kids like full ass meals. Oh. And they would take like a bite. And in my mind, I'm just thinking, how the fuck do you pay seven, eight dollars for a meal that gets one bite taken out of and you go and do that all the time? I'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> You're having some of my food. We're sharing. When they were little, they'd do that. And now they eat more than I do. So I was like, to my younger one, I'm like, oh, let's get a kid's meal. And she's like, <laughs> like we were going to like McDonald's and she's like, I want a Big Mac meal super size. <laughs> and she's still like nine pounds because that's how teenagers are. Uh, literally. <laughs> and my younger one is like super athlete. She plays like 10 different sports and she's always like working out and on the treadmill and stuff. So she has to. What? I know. No, she goes and she like goes on the treadmill and does all these crunches. She's 11. Shut the fuck up. She's a competitive soccer player and she plays like basketball with the school and then she plays like a volleyball league. 
I like how we're having a proud parent moment right now, but I'm totally into it. I know. I'm sorry. Is she going to be like an Olympian? Because I feel like Olympians do that kind of shit. They start being hardcore really young. And I'm like, why don't you just chill out? <laughs> like, slow down, sister. Okay, can I just have one more little proud parent moment? She had She's in sixth grade and she went to the track meet and she was like, I got a gold medal in sixth grade hurdles and seventh grade hurdles. And I was like, how did you do seventh grade? And she's like, I just got in line. And the teacher said they wouldn't tell on me. And so she went and ran the race for the seventh grade and she won gold. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's the one who did the Ellen pictures with you too, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's her name? She gets a shout out today. Her name's Dylan. Shout out to Dylan. Does Dylan ever listen? I have to pre-screen episode. Dylan can't listen to this episode. No, she will not listen to this one. Dang. But I might just play the little clip. Yeah, play her the shout out. Hi, Dylan. <laughs> Tell them really quick before you move on what she gave you for Mother's Day. Um, She made me a little frame and there's a picture of her kind of like throwing up gang signs and in the background is the logo from TSFU. But what does it say? It's says Ash and Michelle. <laughs> it says that's so fucked up with Ashley Richards and Michelle Mosier. <laughs> and I was like, um, that's not me. And she's like, yeah, I couldn't find it. Here you go. Here. Enjoy. Thanks, babe. She's cool, though. She made the frame. She like cut the wood and nailed it together and stuff herself. So oh, we are 10 minutes into after the commercial break and have not. That's fine. OK, keep going. We know that after Shannon fled from Brewer's house, that she ran to homes in the neighborhood, banging frantically on doors, pleading for help. Apparently, several neighbors did open their doors to see what was wrong, but Shannon would continue fleeing if she wasn't let in, which I feel like I would too. I'd be like, okay, you're not listening. Yeah. Also, question, would you let somebody in? Ugh. It's 4 a.m. It's a young girl who looks like she's in distress. What if she's in cahoots with a robber? A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, a murderer who's on the other side of the door. I would call 911 though. Would you let her in? My first instinct is yes, of course. And I probably would. But also that is how you get murdered. And we know that. Yeah. But I would call 911 immediately. Which a bunch of people did. Okay. Okay. Well, at least two. <laughs> One of them was Gus Coletti. So she had beat on his door and he opened it. He let her in, told her to sit down and said, I'm calling the police, which he did. Shannon told him that someone was after her and trying to kill her. But once the cops are on the phone, she fucking dips and just runs out his front door. Okay, that's weird. Well, the whole phone call has been kind of weird. Did they drug her somehow? Well, there was a really sweet headline later that said something along the lines of, Dead hooker's body found no drugs in autopsy. Fuck. Yep. Not woman, daughter. Dead hooker. 2010. Today we say sex worker, but I mean, even only in the past few years have we come to use that term. Before then, a lot of times people said prostitute. Right. So this didn't even say like murdered prostitute or whatever. It said dead hooker. But I bet it sold a few extra copies. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. We'll question later in the story if they would have even been able to actually find that out for sure okay. because of situations which will come up. So Shannon runs out of Coletti's door, falls down the steps, gets back up and starts running again. She's running down the street, screaming. Then he can see her hiding under a boat. 
in a yard across from him. And then at that time, a car comes creeping down the road and Gus confronts the man in the car. He's like, hi, do you know what is going on with this like young lady running around? And he says, yeah, I'm looking for a young woman who was at a party with us and she left because he was upset. And then he asked Gus, like, why did you call the cops? She's going to get in trouble. Okay. Yeah. So that's weird. Even if she's fine, but she's in a mentally agitated state, maybe a psychosis or something, you still would call the cops. Even if people weren't trying to murder her and she just thought they were, you still would call the cops regardless. So you did the right thing. Right. This person needs help in some sort of way. Yeah. As they were talking, Shannon bolted from underneath the boat and continued running off into the distance. And Gus, I don't know if he was still on the phone or he got back on the phone, but he reported everything that had happened since she ran out the door. Her fight or flight is off the hook. She's just like, fucking get out of here. Oh, yeah. Another resident called into the police, Barbara Brennan, and she said, quote, there's a woman knocking on my door. She says she's in danger. I'm not letting her in. Which, I mean, yeah, that is so fucking hard. What do you do? That's, I mean, I've wondered about that a few times. Like, or if you see somebody on the side of the road and they're having engine problems and they're, they're waving you down. Yeah. Do you stop? See, I probably would. Mm. See, so you're going to get murdered. Okay. This one, woman wrote in the mom's group a while ago, like, hi guys, my son is stuck at a bus stop and he missed his last bus because we don't have great transit because I live out in the country. Could anyone drive him into town? I'll pay you $30 or something. And I was like, oh, this kid is like stuck out in the middle of nowhere. It's like nine o'clock at night. And I was like, no, yeah, I can do it. No. And then I texted and I'm like, this is a murder ploy. Or, so I'm on my way there and I'm going to go pick him up. And I said, what should I look for? And she's like, oh, he's like 22. Da, da, da. And I was like, he's an adult. I thought she he was like a child, like a, like a young teenager. Anyway, I pull up and some girls were sitting there and they were like, oh, yeah, that kid got in the truck with some dude who was driving to town. And so he got a ride home. So I texted the mom like, oh, he's in a red truck. He got a ride home. So I went from being like, oh, my God, I'm getting murdered to now. Oh, my God, this kid's going to get murdered. And so I was like, do you guys? And then one of the girls was like, we took down the license plate number just in case. These little, they were tiny little like murder nerds too. And so these girls were like sitting outside drinking a Slurpee and they took down the license plate of the truck just in case. Anyway, a kid got home fine. It was all good. But see, I probably would let people in. Can you not go like pick up random strangers at bus stops at <laughs> nine o'clock a.m. p.m. or 9 p.m. because somebody on fucking sketch ass Facebook asked you to do it? I know, but I'm like, I pictured my kid sitting there in the middle of nowhere. Bitch, that is a murder ploy if I have ever heard one. I know. Are you kidding me? I'm imagining like the Ken and Barbie killers. You know who I'm talking about? Yes, of course I do. I'm Canadian. But we had like six mutual friends on Facebook. So I knew she was like a real person. Yeah, I guess. And I just imagine my kids sitting at a bus stop, missing the bus. No taxis will come out this far or it was it was going to be like hours and hours because we're in the middle of nowhere. I'd be like, bitch, can't you borrow a car from a friend? I know. I would sooner say, listen, you give me your credit card and driver's license. Well, you need your license. You give me your credit card and everything you own. And you can take my car to go pick up your son. Don't go get murdered, Allie. So I would probably let her in, make her a cup of tea. Oh, your friend wants to come in too? Come on in. <laughs> oh, somebody's waving you down for car troubles on a rainy night. You're just fucking, you're on it. Yeah, I know. I'm Canadian. <laughs> yeah, you guys are just so nice. <laughs> you're like, well, what about this? I could help him, eh? That's no, don't. Yeah. 
the lesson here, you guys, is don't... No, in this story is let her in. The lesson here is do help people and let them in. But I think like the overall lesson is, I don't know, maybe take it case by case. Yeah. But don't do what Allie does. No. Mm -mm. And now that Allie is a true crime podcast host and needs to live by example, she's not going to do that anymore. Fuck y'all. I'm staying safe. (laughs) I mean, you know, I love how they say on my favorite murder, fuck politeness. Most of us are rude and don't want to talk to each other anyways, right? Let's be real. (laughs) Everybody hates everyone. Or is that just me? I love you guys. But people on like a general level are not super my jam. They're not it. But you know what? I really love all you guys in the Discord. Seriously, you guys join the Discord. You guys are like my friends. I literally talk to everybody in the Discord and Allie more than anyone else in my fucking life. (laughs) It's it's really funny. (laughs) But wait, you're having a party today. So don't even... I am having a party. Whoop, whoop. I'm so popular. Oh my gosh. Stop. Jealous. No, it's like my sister and her boyfriend are coming. Aww. And then like I invited a couple gals that I've stalked into being my friends from the coffee shop. Because <laughs> I go like three, four times a week. And I'm like, hey, bitch, when are we hanging out? I collect people like that. You just force them to be your friend? Yep. Shout out, Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. What's up, Brenda? <laughs> She's awesome. Oh my God, we don't have time for that story today, but it sounds like it's good. That concludes the first part of this episode. Make sure to tune in to the second part, which is out right now. Also, stay tuned for a promo from The Cult Next Door, an awesome new cult podcast that you're sure to want to check out. Ashley, I've been given the gift of prophecy, and God has given me a message for you. My name is Maddie Lassiter. My name is Ashley Teeter, and I'm Maddie's older sister, and we're the hosts of the Cult Next Door podcast. This isn't just another cult story. This is a story that spans over decades, involving two different apocalyptic cults and a father whose control and manipulation tore our family apart. First-hand accounts of decades of estrangement and shunning, disturbing revelations and visions from God and spiritual, mental and physical abuse only scratch the surface of this story. Find The Cult Next Door on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Bum, 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 bum. That's fucked up. Oh, I'm so fucked up. Can't you see? It's just really fucked up. That's fucked up.